Hey everyone, it's Candace Eisner and I am back with you again this week with another episode. And this week I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how to tap into new ideas for your business. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey, what's happening, everyone? It is Friday as I am recording this. Wow, I don't think I ever record podcast episodes on Friday. It kind of has a different vibe to it. It's going to be a bit interesting. We'll see how this goes, but... Yeah, for this week, and we are at episode 91, holy. Um, Once again, I will remind you that if um, any of you are listening to this episode around the time that it's released, which is sort of late October, early November 2018, um, if you have ideas for the remaining episodes, things that you'd really love to hear me talk about, things that you're wondering about with your business, please do pop me an email or, you know, come find me on social media. You can either um, send me a message on Instagram, I am happy little biz there, or you can send me an email, candace at happylittlebiz.com. All right, so with that little intro out of the way, let's dive right into this topic. So this is sort of a follow-up episode from a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was three weeks ago, I can't remember. Um, but anyway, we were talking about um, in episode 89 about the differences between being an entrepreneur and being a small business person who isn't really entrepreneurial, doesn't see themselves as entrepreneurial, doesn't have that kind of mindset. But yeah, let's say you wanted to change things up in your business, but you really don't understand how to tap into new ideas for your business, right? So, you know, you want to head in a different direction. You know, you want to try to have a bit more of an entrepreneurial or, you know, innovative or however you want to think of it mindset. You know, you want to do that, but you aren't really sure exactly what that looks like for you right now. And You really just don't want to keep doing the same old stuff you've been doing. You don't want to keep doing the same old stuff you see everyone else doing. But how do you come up with new ideas? So this is a bit of advice, um, both from my personal experience, as well as things I've seen other people do and do it really well that, you know, might spark some ideas for you guys, you know, because how do you go beyond that norm, right? And for some of us, it is really simple. We're just that kind of mindset. You might have friends or family who are like that, where, you know, new business ideas or products or, you know, just things come to them at random. And you're like, how do you think of this stuff? Like, like, just how do you do that? You know, and some people it's supernatural, but there also are a lot of us who would like to move towards that kind of mindset, but we just don't do it naturally. So here's my tips on that. So the first idea or the first suggestion I have for you is to meet other people outside of your profession um, or outside of your normal circle of friends and coworkers and people you went to school with that are in your profession. So in other words, people who are in different professions that are in health and wellness, or people who are outside of your normal circle of people that you've been communicating with for years and that you've known for a while. So why does this help you? Well, it might be obvious, but for some of you, it might not be. Um, What it helps you do is see new perspectives and get fresh ideas outside of your norm, right? It gets you out of your comfort zone, in other words, you know, and 
you're going to be talking to people who don't necessarily think and talk and do things exactly like you do. And this will, if you are open to it, it will open up new doors for you. You know, as long as you're open to their ideas and learning things from them, it might help you move your business and sometimes even your life, to be honest, in ways that you hadn't even like thought of moving into things that but things that excite you, things you're like, oh, my gosh, I would love to, to do that. or I'd love to try that or I'd love to move my business in that direction. And like, honestly, for me, this has been a huge eye opener. The last few years, this has been a big part of my life. Um, I'm part of this entrepreneurial community and there's people from all kinds of careers. It's not just the kinds of stuff that I do, not just health and wellness and not just like um, sort of business coaching and web design, uh, which is, you know, most of what I do these days, you know, marketing coaching, that kind of stuff. But like people who do all kinds of stuff, people who own software products, people who are professional artists, people who make their money um, as um, software developers, people who trying to think who else is in this community that's got, you know, very different jobs from that. Um, People who are just business people, you know, they they sell a service that's just completely different, that kind of thing. So um, it really does open your eyes to new perspectives when you're sort of hanging out, quote unquote, with people who are completely outside of your norm. And it really did just open me up to different ways of thinking about things that really have changed and shifted my way of doing business and my way of approaching some things with my life. So this is a big suggestion for you guys. If you tend to be the type of person to stick to who you know in your comfort zone, you tend to just hang out with classmates you knew from school or people who you work with or, you know, uh, people who are part of your, uh, you know, like one of the few storefronts on your street or whatever, you know, if you don't tend to go and meet other people outside of your sort of little circle of, of friends and coworkers and stuff, I suggest it because it, it really will teach you a lot if, you, if you're sort of open to their ideas. And it doesn't mean, by the way, you have to always do the things that they're doing. Obviously not, right? Sometimes someone might be talking about a business idea or whatever, and you might be going, um, no. That's not something I would ever do, but that's totally cool because you're still learning something. You're still learning like different people have different ways of doing things and something you may not have considered before. It may not be for you, but it it still opens you up to, to new ideas and new perspectives. And that's really what that first suggestion is all about. And that's how you can innovate in your business. That's one direction that you can take it is by getting ideas from other people. And the second suggestion is getting ideas from your clients. So you keep a journal of things that your clients have been asking you about or um, asking for, like services they would like to see or questions they all seem to have, you know, because clients are really going to be like one of your key sources of ideas, right? Because if your clients are asking you for something and it's something that you could potentially provide for them, but you're not able to do it right now, hmm, that's an interesting idea. That seems to be something that would be helpful for my business, right? So... Do they have a problem they'd like to see someone solve for them and it isn't being solved yet or terribly well by someone else in your profession, but could it be? Um, Or is there some kind of service that isn't really a problem that they're having necessarily? It's not a pain point they're having, but it's something that they'd like to see out there and just doesn't seem to exist. And, you know, there seems to be interest in it outside of just that like one or two clients, like other people seem to be interested in it. So this is an amazing source of ideas for your business, asking people who are already giving you money 
for ideas. I mean, you're not directly, you're not just going to sit them down and say, so can you tell me ways that I can make more money off of you? Like, obviously, that's not what I mean. I mean, if just in conversation, whether it's in a session with them, or via email or whatever, they're telling you about things that they, they would like to see, um, more businesses like yours doing or services they really wish that you could provide. They're telling you about this. And this is way a way that you can go oh, okay um could I do that for my business is that something that I want to do am I interested in doing something like that um because it gets you out of that rut of doing the same old thing that everybody else is doing it, it makes you go oh you know I hadn't thought of that that's cool or oh I had thought of that I just didn't realize anybody would be actually interested in that wow that's that's pretty great so let me give you a couple of examples. Um, one of them I'm pretty sure I've talked about on the podcast before is um, people were interested in having a health clinic here in Toronto, um, it, but it could be anywhere, um, that was focused on runners only. And uh, there is a group that opened up a clinic for runners only, not just not for athletes, as in like a broader term, not for, you know, uh, not for people who are, I don't know, into fitness, but actually specifically for runners. And so they opened a clinic called the Runners Academy. And they've done quite well, as far as I know. I don't know the ins and outs of their business, but I've been there as a, as a client and patient. And I can tell you, like, their, their services are excellent. And if you're a runner, it is, like, one of the best places to go in the city to get advice on running, to get your health care, um, like physio, chiro, whatever you need. They, they do fitness classes specifically for runners. So that's one thing is, like, you know, say you had a bunch of clients who were asking for, you know, they say they really wish there was a clinic that was specifically built around, say, new parents, you know, a clinic that had like childcare um, in one room with like a, you know, a certified childcare person um, to take care of their kids while they came in with you and got their treatment um, and was built around being able to treat um, people with young children or, um, you know, uh, say pregnancy and postpartum and that kind of thing. Like, this is just me making up an idea as I'm talking here, guys, by the way. So yeah, like, say you had clients who said, like, they wish that that existed. And you go, Oh, I'd love to build something like that. Well, why not? Like, why not at least explore the idea? I'm not saying you have to drop everything and go build it right away. But there you go. There's a way to innovate in your business that you may not have thought of before, you know, and here is a client giving you this awesome idea. Who? that's pretty great. And so then you go and pull other clients and see if they're interested in it too. And sure enough, you find out that people are interested and then you go from there, right? So here's another example that's a little bit of a different twist on that. So back when I was in my early days of massage, I had one client who said that he really liked getting acupuncture treatments, but he would prefer to get it from an RMT just because he finds that he found that the RMT, I forget. Now, mind you, it has been... 11 or 12 years since I treated this person. So my, you know, memory tends to fail after a certain point. I admit that it happens to us all. Um, but I believe his reasoning was that he felt that RMTs had just a better, uh, a better touch and a better um, kind of just way of working with the body that he hadn't experienced with other people. And so he was really hoping that um, he could get acupuncture from an RMT. Now, at this time, and like I said, this was 11 years ago, um, it was very uncommon to have RMTs that did acupuncture. At the time, um, acupuncture was not regulated at all, really, in Ontario. 
I can't remember if it is fully regulated at this point or it's still coming into effect. Somebody can email me and correct me if you if you like. I, see, this is YouTube. I'd say just comment down below, but this is not YouTube or if this is not, uh, you know, um, Facebook Live or anything like that. So there's no comment down below. But yeah, if you want to correct me on the acupuncture thing, feel free. Just contact me at one of the places I said you could contact me earlier. But anyway, my point being, my point being is that at the time, 11 years ago, it was pretty rare for an RMT to, to have acupuncture um, designations of any kind. Um, this was, you know, again, here in Ontario, but it was pretty rare, I think, pretty much anywhere. Um, so this would have definitely been an innovative new thing is to become an RMT who is acu also acupuncture trained and maybe Chinese medicine trained. Um, it would definitely have been something very different that other people hadn't seen. And there was a demand for it. That client mentioned it and several other clients mentioned it too. So that's another twist on sort of the, you know, look at things that your clients are asking about because it, it can give you new ideas for your business. And there's many, many more examples of this, by the way. That's just like two or three things that kind of, you know, came up. But it really, it just takes listening to your clients, making a note about it after the session or, you know, when you get an email from them or whatever it is. And then if it's an idea that you are interested in exploring and not just like something you're like, oh, that's cool, but that's not something I want to do. But if it is something that you want to do, see how you could incorporate the idea into your current business or even build an entirely new business off of it if that's what you want to do. You know, you just have to decide if there's enough interest outside of like, like those one or two clients that are asking about it. And if it's a viable business idea, great. That's where you just got your new business idea that you've been trying to come up with. So the third tip I have on so how to how to find new, new ideas for your business, how to innovate in your business is what are you interested in that could be blended with your career? So this one's, this one's a little bit tricky to understand, but basically it's this. You obviously got into your career for a reason, right? You know, and if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably, you probably didn't get into your career thinking you were going to make like six figures and, you know, be like living the life up, living the life on some like hot island somewhere. Like probably not. You probably got into your career because you had a passion for it. You wanted to help people. Wellness is really important to you. Um, you know, mental health is really important to you, that kind of, you know, whatever it might be, depending on what exactly it is that you do. So how can you take that one step further? Okay. Do you have hobbies or talents or just things that you're passionate about outside of the specifics of your career that aren't really being used in your current business? Is there a way to start incorporating that into your business? So it doesn't have to be a new service. But it could be something as simple as changing up your branding so it matches that part of yourself a bit better and therefore attracts the same types of clients who are interested in the same kinds of things that you are. Because if you're getting clients that are more aligned with who you are and what you stand for and what's important to you, that's good for your business, right? That, that means you're getting like a better match with clients and then clients are happier and they're more likely to tell other people about you and so on and so forth. So, so that's one thing. Or it could be that you're, you innovate and you add a new service or a new product. Um, this is totally like random, but it could be you expand into teaching infant massage. Say you're very passionate about babies, you know, like you, that's just something that's really important to you, infant health. So you start teaching infant massage or you start teaching powerlifting classes. Yeah, you know, you're a, say you're a, I'm trying to think of something that's complete. Say you're a nurse. You're a nurse and you work in private practice, but you've decided that like you've been doing powerlifting for like 10 years and you're like, 
and people are like, well, you could teach that. And you're like, oh, no, 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 I'm a nurse. Like, why couldn't you teach it? If you want to teach it, teach it. Add it to your business. That's fine. It's just be some, sort of something you do on the side, but it's still, it's still health, right? It's still wellness. Or you could start teaching art classes. Like, it doesn't have to necessarily even be specific to health and wellness. Could, you know, if you can find a way to use your talents to help people, why not see if there's a way to incorporate it into your business? You know, whatever makes sense for you in your business, it doesn't have to make sense to like everybody. People, like, as long as people can look at your website and look at your marketing materials and understand who you are and what you do, so you don't confuse them, don't like be completely out of left field. But if there's a way to incorporate the talents that you have outside of your specific career sort of, um, you know, rules and, and, and uh, things that you do within your career, your scope of practice, all that kind of stuff. If there's a way to incorporate those other things that you have in your life into your business, that's not a bad idea. And, it, and it's a way to innovate. It's a way to come up with new ideas and expand, you know, your business so that it doesn't look like your typical other clinic or studio out there. It looks, it ends up looking quite different. And my fourth tip for you about finding new, you know, ideas for your business is to travel. <laughs> travel and get inspired by other cultures. That's such an awesome way. You know, this relates back to what I had said earlier, uh, you know, about, um, you know, getting out of your comfort zone and meeting other people um, with who aren't in your regular circle. So this is similar, but then instead of being in your own culture, it's like traveling to a new culture because... Meeting people from different cultures can really teach you a lot. It can introduce you to new ways of thinking and new ideas and new methods of treating a condition and new ways of teaching classes and just all kinds of different things. Now, of course, you do have to be careful with this kind of stuff a bit because sometimes the ideas or the 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 ways of treating or whatever are very culturally specific and they're not going to translate well back to wherever you live, whether it's North America or Europe or wherever you're listening to this from. So you won't necessarily be able to bring them home and use them in your business, though you might be able to use a little bit of it or a little bit of the idea or a twist on it or something like that. So in other words, is there a way you could use that as inspiration for something in your business without actually using the thing um, as done in the other country, like exactly, you know, sort of using their exact blueprint. Instead, you use it as inspiration. Now, I will, of course, say if you're going to do something like that, you do need to be careful about respecting the culture and the people you've borrowed the idea from. You know, I know cultural appropriation is a thing. I'm not suggesting that you just go and completely take this thing and uh, disrespect their culture. But it is okay to use the idea and be inspired by it and use it in your business. Sometimes it's okay to tr directly transport something. Say you went to, um, I'm just going to use a fairly benign example. Say you went to uh, Japan and you got a treatment from an amazing shiatsu therapist, like very different from any treatment you've ever gotten. Say you live in Europe. So very, very different from any treatment you've ever gotten from your local community, wherever you live in Europe. Um, yeah, you know, it would be okay for you to decide that you wanted, say you decided you wanted to move to Japan and learn from this person for a couple of years and then take those methodologies back to Europe. That would be fine. There's nothing wrong with doing that because that's respectful. But it would be a whole other thing if you're like 
taking a piece of their culture and kind of pretending it like it's your own. I, I think you guys get what I mean here. So totally okay to take their ideas and innovate and use that as inspiration in your business. Not okay to kind of like steal a part of their culture and pretend like it's your own. That, that part's not okay. So yeah, when you travel, think about what you can learn from that culture. And can you tap into new ideas from you know, new ideas from them that will um, expand your business in a different way. I mean, obviously not all travel has to be like that. I'm not suggesting every time you travel, you need to suddenly be thinking about business ideas either. But it's just simply that if you're stumped for ideas and you're having trouble breaking out of the same old, same old pattern, traveling is a really good way to kind of like break that pattern. You're in a new environment, new country, new culture, new language, possibly. And it's just a great way to go to get yourself some new new ideas. So I'll give you one um, example of uh, of this. It's completely not related to health and wellness, but it's something that I've seen happen in North America, and I have actually had experience with this in another country as well. And that's the idea of cat cafes, which are a bit weird to some people. But what a cat cafe is is um, well, I mean, I guess it's a little bit different in different countries. But the idea is that you're going into a cafe and you're visiting with cats and you get to, you know, pet them and interact with them and have fun and play with them um, while having a cup of coffee or a tea or a biscuit or like whatever, you know, cookie, whatever you're going to eat. Um, and it's really fun. So in Asia, now I've been to one in uh, in Japan and Kyoto. Um, it was fun. It was like super fun. Um, each one is run a little bit differently. The one we went to, um, they give you coffee with like lid on it. So the co- the cats can't get into it and you can buy treats for the cats that have been like pre-approved. Like you're not allowed to just feed them random food. You, you have to, you know, um, and also, um, there were rules around interacting with the cats, but anyway, I, I could go down a black hole telling you all about the cat cafe. But the point is somebody came up with the idea to bring them to North America thinking it would be a great idea. And it, is it's a cool idea and people were definitely into it and it was a nice way to introduce people to cats that could be adopted which by the way the one we went to in Kyoto it was not like that you weren't um the cats were not adoptable they they lived at the cafe um so this was a slightly different business model that they were using in Toronto but my point being is that somebody saw that this was a business opportunity and that it would be something cool that people would be interested in um but they didn't try to do it exactly the same way as it was done in the culture that they brought it from like there are cat cafes and other cultures as well I know there's some in Korea um I don't know if there's other countries that do them but I do know Korea and so Korea and Japan definitely for sure do it so um, anyway, all to say, you know, that's kind of a neat thing where somebody saw an idea in another culture and decided it could be done, you know, in North America or in Europe or wherever. And it definitely can. It's just part of the issue is that sometimes something that's acceptable in one culture isn't necessarily acceptable in another because one of the other issues they ran into, say, in the Toronto one was um, our uh, regulations around like animals and food, um, whereas the to say that like you couldn't, I think it was that they couldn't serve food in the same room as the cats were in. So the cats had to be in a separate room from the cafe part. And so it was a little bit different, but you know, so there's like one example of like bringing a business model from another country back to your own country. It does work, but you're going to have to modify it for your own culture. Um, And I don't think, I didn't get the impression that anybody felt that it was like offensive to bring the cat cafe idea to North America, you know, um, 
Not at all. I, I, I don't think that anybody thought that that was sort of cultural appropriation or anything like that. So, so there's one example. And, um, you know, another example I sort of already hinted at, and that's, you know, if in the health and wellness field, if you guys want an example that's specific to you guys, you can bring back methods of treatment that you might have been introduced to in other countries um, back to your own country and, um, you know, sort of incorporated into your own practice, providing, of course, that like you didn't just literally experience it for like five minutes at some spa or health clinic and suddenly you're trying to, you know, duplicate the treatment back home like no 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 I mean like if you got proper training now obviously that is a bit of a um a sticky situation um you do need to be careful about uh you know evidence-based practice and you know treatments that because a treatment that might be sort of culturally the norm in one country might be completely bizarre in another country and not only that, but there might be like almost no evidence that this treatment actually works, but people, you know, like it. So that's why it does well in the country that it's in, even though there's no like evidence that it actually works. Whereas, you know, in your own country, it may not be the best match. Let's just put it that way. So I, I leave that up to you guys. You know, obviously you need to always put it on that filter. Like, is this actually appropriate for the type of practice that I have and the regulations and, you know, evidence-based and all that kind of stuff. But still, but still, you can definitely still take those ideas and the ways that people are operating clinics, the ways that people are doing, you know, treatments and incorporate it into your own business, you know, maybe, or the way that people are teaching classes. Um, you know, it can just give you new ideas from a culture, uh, a different culture, completely different way of seeing things that you may not have seen before at all. So yeah, those are my tips for if you are looking for new ways to expand or change or grow or whatever your business and sometimes your life too, you know, it tends to kind of bleed over into that. So hopefully that was helpful food for thought for you guys. And uh, as always, if you have, you know, questions, comments, concerns, ideas, toss them my way. Otherwise, I will be back with you guys again next week with yet another episode on the podcast. We are heading towards episode 100. I can't, I still can't believe that. And uh, I'll be uh, back with you next week. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. I really do appreciate your time and your efforts. The times that you guys contact me with ideas for the podcast or comments about episodes or ratings and reviews, all of that, I really love it. I read all of it. I do really appreciate you guys. Um, by the way, if you would like to leave me a formal review, of course, I would really appreciate that. Head on over to iTunes, find my podcast, so Life Beyond the Massage Table, click on ratings and reviews, and then just give me a rating and a review. Five stars, of course, and a glowing review. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. You know, let me know what you really think, but I do appreciate five stars as well. Let's be real here. Now, for you guys that might be new to the podcast, let me briefly introduce myself here. My name is Candace Eisner, and I am a former massage therapist in the province of Ontario, and I've also worked in various other health and wellness careers. So I've got a pretty good view of what it's like to do what you guys do. My mission right now is to help those in health, wellness, and fitness careers build strong businesses because I really believe to my core that taking care of others has to start with taking care of you. So that's what this podcast is all about, is helping you build a business that really matches who you are and what you value and what's important to you 
so that you feel happy when you go to work each day. You feel like this career is the right one for you, that everything just works so much better for your life. Now, before I finish off and let you guys get about, you know, go about your day, I will mention where you can find me on social media if you would like to. The main place you can interact with me if you'd like to just chat or see what I'm posting about or, you know, get on my newsletter list or any of that kind of stuff, find me on Instagram. Um, Happy Little Biz is my username. Or, of course, you can head over to my website, happylittlebiz.com, and there's links to all that stuff there. All right, that's it. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll be back at you soon.